Hey guys, this is Doug Aldrich with the Dead Daisies, and you're listening to Cobras in Fire, and Rock is not dead. Hi, I'm Donnie V. You're listening to Cobras and Fire, and uh, hopefully not Cobras on Fire, because that would be a pretty dangerous thing out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's rock and roll comedian Don Jameson. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast. Rock is not dead. No, it's not. I don't care what Gene Simmons said. Rock is not dead. It's very alive. So pay attention. And crank it up. This is John Levin from Dawkin here, and you're listening to Cobras in Fire. Rock's not dead, so rock on. Hey everybody, it's Ron Young from Little Caesar, and you're listening to Cobras in Fire. And remember, rock is not dead. Hey, this is Marty McCoy from The Lonely Ones. Rock is not dead. Hey everybody, this is Michael Sweet of Striper, and you're listening to Cobras in Fire. And I want to tell you also, rock is not dead. Dead. Hey everybody, this is John Paul from the band Clutch, and we want you to know that rock is not dead. Hey everybody, this is Ron Halper, the Metal Gods of Judas Priest, and you're listening to Cobras and Fire. Metal is not dead. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire 2020. You're in review, part one. Because it's not like this shit year can get any worse. The stuff that are used in like you know for uh, what's that style of fighting you're talking about? Uh, I, I was gonna say Chinese <laughs> kung fu oh, yeah. karate. The, the, you know, the Chinese a lot of, fighting. Yeah, the Chinese fighting the karate movies. Bruce Lee. You haven't noticed? No matter whether it's just the fighting itself or like the things like the nunchucks or the the sw- the the uh, the butterfly knives. Yeah. Always, there's always a lot of build up before they do anything. It's like uh, and then and then nobody ever seems to get hurt. They take a just a shit ton of beating and couldn't just give it back. We're getting a little yes. off tra- topic here. Um, so yeah, not, not a lot of Christmas stories. Uh, the, I think the funniest thing I heard this year was I didn't think the Jews ate the pork, <laughs> but, uh, well, how about you, man? Uh, you, how was, uh, things for the loose cannon, uh, family, uh, for Christmas this year? Uh, this year is super low key. Basically we had, um, well, you know, just mentioned is that, that on, uh, Christmas Eve, we had a couple friends over, and one of them was the new boyfriend of uh, my my one of my wife's friends, and his name was Nacho, and I knew that that he was coming over, so I had all kinds of you know Nacho uh, cheese jokes and, and things like that ready for him, but I, I opted not to use them. Uh, what do you think? 
Yeah, uh, that was a uh, that was a mistake, man. All right, well, you know, uh, I just was in the Christmas spirit. But uh, the thing I was really disappointed is the other friend was supposed to bring over a boyfriend that I I had seen a picture of that. Yeah. And apparently, they broke up right right before, but he had a neck tattoo mm. in the picture, as well as the there, there's two things that uh, I'm an old man about, and that is <laughs> two what, things well, in my the, ass. That, uh, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> about about facial uh, or, or bo- things you do to your your body as far as piercings and stuff. One of them, in, well, in I'm gonna get a bold them, prediction here. I'm gonna be 100 yeah. on board with whatever these are because I think one's already <laughs> gonna be a neck tattoo. But carry on. All right. So first off, for the well, okay, neck tattoos, uh, and also the things on in the ears that expand like Africans or whatever, but they're mm, gauges. Uh, is that what you call them? Yeah. Okay. So this guy had one that yeah, wasn't my the small uh, son-in-law ones. has one. I remember that. Um, I forget how big. Shout they out were, to Logan. This, yeah. Okay. This were about. This guy had about like a half to three-quarter inch ones where they're just kind of dangling. And my 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 son, his his math teacher has them too. Fourth grade math teacher, and I can't do anything but stare at them when I go to parent teacher conferences. I'm like, what the, what the fuck did you decide it? I, what I'm saying is, there's two things. If you're gonna do that to your ears or your neck, that's a big leap for employment. Yeah. Yes. Well, it used to be. It doesn't seem like it is now. I think a neck tattoo is still. Uh, that, that's that's something. I mean, yeah, what, I what do you know. do to? What about tattoos well, you on your for, fingers? But if you go in for an interview, like I, I knew this realtor that was 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 uh, had two sleeves, just like Tommy, all the way to his wrist and stuff like that. But he had long sleeve shirts, and he could pull it off, you know, during the day, uh, and then he could rock out at night or whatever like that. But the but a neck tattoo, you got to be. Like the uh, the guy from uh, what's that thing that that Fred from Scooby Doo wears all the time? The ascot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Okay, so you gotta at least have that on if you're going in for an interview. I mean, neck tattoos. That's just, that's right right before a face tattoo. Yeah, an extreme. I, look, I mean, it's definitely not my cup of tea. I I I, I I'm kind of irritated with how. I don't know. The tattoos in general have jumped the shark. That they don't. They don't have any of the meaning that they used to. And yeah, even though it's a lot safer, you know, I used to be worried that people with a lot of tattoos were going to, you know, stab you. Uh, now you're just like wondering if they're going to cook your food right. Dictionary. Oh man, you had that right What's off the top the of your word? head. That's pretty impressive, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, a, it's actually a, 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 in some New Age circles, it's considered a, a thing that affects you know affects us and can affect us in some ways. It's otherwise known as the harmonic harmonic convergence um, when that event occurs, and uh, and. Uh, Feeding off that, I came up with a project which I never actually finished, but uh, it was actually Jeff Pilsen and I's one of our joke projects, and uh, we called the band 
the harmonica virgins. <laughs> and we're kind of a Lilith Fair lesbian new age band. And, you know, it's a play on words with the harmonica virgins and the harmonica virgins. So, anyways. That's, that, was, that is a deep pun. Yes. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> well done. Uh, before we get into dirty, Shirley, I did want to ask you. Um, you're, you're not over the years, you know, following your career. You, you haven't really been known as someone uh, to get into a lot of political discussions in your music or just in, in interviews and stuff. But you haven't really held back on the most recent administration by some of the uh, the quotes I've seen out there. Um, what, why the sudden change? Or why get out there now? I guess uh, it hasn't been a sudden change for me. I've been a political animal for. Um, I meant outwardly as uh, as as an artist, you know. I mean, I haven't really seen it in your music much or, or in interviews. Um, yeah, you got to be careful with interviews. Uh, you know, you can alienate people, mm-hmm. but you be afraid to say what's truthful and important. And you know, if you have a you have an audience that can give a responsibility, even if you don't, everyone has a responsibility to be a participant in the process. And to be aware and to, you know, edify and educate themselves as to what what the truth is so we can base our decisions based on something rational rather than, you know, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I have been an environmental active and, and, and politically active person for most of my adult life. Um, and it's been a very challenging thing for me to incorporate uh, my worldview into my music because mm-hmm. I'm not a singer and um, most for the most part not a very good lyricist it's, you know being a lyricist is being a poet ideally and I'm, I'm struggle with that I'm not a natural poet okay. like all or and other people I work with like London you know but I just have you know play play with words like an instrument so, um, I've been profoundly uh, uh, committed to, you know, pursuing the truth and uh, doing what I can do in my small way to make the world a more just and fair place. Um, so, I'm, I'm very uh, progressive in my politics, very liberal and um, and have been uh, very active in environmental circles. Uh, but uh, on a musical level, uh, it's been challenging for me to incorporate those ideas into my music because, as I said, I'm not the one delivering the message. You made your first mistake the way you let me down. You're always on the make, honey. Don't care. You know that it rides. Cause I, 
any place. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, David Lee Roth. Uh, yeah. It sounds like Roth, Roth. <laughs> uh, loose cannons just blown up right now. Wouldn't you love if there was actually a like a, a cover band called David Laroth. <laughs> it's like it a French-Canadian. <laughs> That's what I mean. It was, and then there's another one just called David the Roth. Oh, maybe, maybe something like Jean-Paul Laroth. <laughs> Continue, uh, please. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, David Lee Roth. Uh, yeah. That sounds like a country guy. It does, actually, mm, now when you say it. Yeah. Billy Ray. Yeah. David yeah. Lee. Anyway, so, look, it is what it is. It's bad. If you can't admit that, it doesn't... Don't don't, don't ask me when my record's coming out or where's my tour. What does that have to do with anything? We all have a right to have an opinion, and I don't even think this counts as an opinion. There is no measure that this is good. Other than I bet if you were there and you had a couple drinks, it was probably entertaining and fun. I will say I just saw this morning before we recorded this uh, a more recent show, and it was mildly better. But I know the uh, one, one thing Steven said I did want to hit on real quick was that, well, if we had cell phone videos back in the day, all these bands we thought were great, there is plenty of live footage of all the bands we think are great back in the day, including Van Halen, and it's better. Look, that doesn't. if this was one bad night, I'd get it, but this has been his 20-year trajectory. This is him. This is what you get. And at least, you know, he's, he's lined up on the right tour, it seems like, opening for Kiss. Maybe Paul can help him out. <laughs> you want to throw it to me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and before I kick it to you, I will tell you this. If I had one more Paul Stanley tweet, it would be Dave. I know a guy. Live to win. Anyway. <laughs> Knows a guy. You, did, yes. you, you don't sound like you have too much to say on the matter, Luz. Well, I didn't, but now you got me fired the fuck up. I have a lot to say now. <laughs> All right. Let's go. My view is a little uh, more big picture, but first I'm going to go to something you just said. I think you're completely correct. You're not giving an opinion. You are in a court of rock showing evidence and letting the jury decide. Any jury, if you took somebody from a, if you took somebody that's never heard of Van Halen before, had never even seen music Billie before, Eilish. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And put, a, put him in front of it and said, what do you think of this? Go ahead. No, I, it's said, a girl. <laughs> what? Billie Eilish is a girl.
Everything that's happened since then has, has made you go, man, I dipped out at the wrong, wrong time. Well, okay, first of all, Baco, tell me what has happened in the Kiss world that, that is something that would have pulled me back in. <laughs> well, you Remember, I went out on them singing I. Okay, well, but on at a boat that time, with 2,500 other Kiss fans and a girlfriend had... that was so, so uh, absolutely wonderful through having to sit through all of that for five days. They, they played for Sharks. They, they put on a concert for Sharks. But it turns out Did sharks, they do Shark Me? <laughs> there, I knew there was one that was going to be missed. Right? Yeah. Well, you did should, you do like the Shark and Roll all night? Or no, I it? can't remember what we do. I just did like a Paul Stanley Cold rap. Finn? Like, uh, I heard some of you hammerheads like uh, <laughs> uh, that baby shark had the longest fucking tongue in my life. That's where we went. But uh, shark me is good. Uh, uh, thank you. But it turns out sharks are more di- a discerning audience than Kiss fans because none of them came. <laughs> uh, but they had eight. I don't know. Somehow this has to do with like uh, um, Airbnb. It was an Airbnb promotion. Paul didn't go because he had, you know, he got uh, sick on the cruise. Uh, oh, I heard that Paul was sick. That's yeah. that's. So they went. One of the things I've heard recently. They canceled the Australian tour because of that, but this was all part of that. So there must have just been a giant payday that they couldn't get out of. uh, So the the three of them flew down there. And so did you even see this thing? No. Oh, this would blow your mind. Do you know what they played? Yeah, shit. Uh, I I mean, calling Doctor Love. I know was one of the songs. Oh, okay. Um, They might have played Shock Me. Actually, I think uh, um, we can pull it up, but. uh, the, you saw, you've seen Jaws, right? Yes. The boat they're playing on looks like the boat they went out to kill Jaws with. The fuck is happening in this world? And they're just world? sitting, like, they're just jammed in the back. I, yeah. <laughs> and I made the joke, I was rooting for shot, shark Jaws to come out and start chopping <laughs> on it. Wow. I, the way you, when I heard it, I thought it'd be like some special, like, floating stage that they made. Yeah. And, like, uh, the people that were going to be coming, the, the eight people that got to be part of it, they were going to be like underwater watching the sharks and hear, listening to the concert on special underwater headphones. Okay. And what I saw was like uh, the Kiss boat was roped to a boat with a camera crew on it, and the boat with the eight fans on it was roped to the Kiss boat too, or something. So what you're saying is this is nowhere as cool as the Warrant. Sometimes she cries video where they're <laughs> playing to the people in the pool. Definitely not as okay. cool. This was. Uh, Equally as cool as the, when they played the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, Christ. Was that the train wreck that they played to the edit that they didn't realize where the edit was that they were lip syncing yeah, to? Yeah, they, <laughs> it's, it's like clearly a studio audio, which, to be fair, all that stuff is. But to me, that's why yeah, you, you right. don't do it. Right. You know, um, you know, yeah, you, they could have said no to the Macy's Day Parade. They sure can. But I remember Paul Stanley at the time, uh, just on that real quick, I remember I, I got a kick because he's like, we were supposed to be on the, oh, no, 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 I, we, we just came out on the Kiss Cruise. Doc McGee was asked about that. I was like, well, they were supposed to be on the Gibson float, but Gibson wanted... Gibson guitar float? Yep, yeah, so they must have had their own uh, float going. And it was a bigger, cooler float. Okay. And it had a Gibson logo on it, but the, Paul wanted to... Uh, they wanted Paul to play a Gibson guitar, and he was, like, at the time, endorsed by Washburn. Okay. Um, so he, he couldn't So then do you that. can't be on the Gibson float. Exactly. Um, so that's what happened, really? <laughs> yeah. But I love the idea that, like, oh... That shit show would have been fucking way better if they were on a if cooler they were on float. The Gibson, yeah, uh, like no, the, the, the size of the float wasn't the fucking issue. Yeah, it, that's it, true. That's yeah. true. Was that you're lip syncing to a shitty version yeah. of rock and roll all night? <laughs> fucking a. Oh man, but uh, no, and uh, Paul's voice just gets better and better. Um, yeah, he, his stage raps even hurt now. After all these years to come and see all you beautiful people here, we say. From the bottom of our hearts, don't worry, God, Really, 
Thank you so much. Here's a chance for everybody to get crazy. Well, they, they were hurting for the last yeah. 10, 15 years. I mean, that, that's the other. That's the other. Doesn't it seem a little arrogant of him? Yes. The, the other part that I have, I mean, again, uh, you know, they can take money for whatever they want as as long as yeah. people are paying for it. I don't have to like it. I it's only not, buy bootleg shirts. It's not now. my job. Well, there you go. Yeah. But there aren't. Do they not make a cut off the bootleg market anymore like they were uh, during oh. the 80s and the kiss and sell book? Uh, Chris Lent talking about that story about how they met with I, all the bootleggers. To, I read that book. I don't remember that part. Oh, I, I totally remember that part. I always try to get Eric to read that book because I was like, we'll have so much more to mock Kiss about. And he's like, yeah, I'm just not into reading. I was like, but this is a book that pretty much just... That's a fascinating book. That book was really like the first eye-opening Kiss book I ever read. Amazing. Yeah. Got it. Maybe I should read it again. It's been a while. Yeah, I sold mine. So, uh, (laughs) uh, but the, the other thing is like the fans that wouldn't have taken this shit from anybody else... And now, since it's Paul Stanley lip syncing, it's like, you know, he's earned this. You know, just let him have this. Yeah, (laughs) fuck you. You can't say that this guy can do it and this guy can't. Craig, you're not a true fan. I'm not. Um, I mean, if he was going out there. If you were a true fan, you'd accept anything. (laughs) If he was going out there and lip syncing to the original 1977 recording, that I'll pay for. Hmm. All right. I won't. But even so. Hologram. That's a loose loves the holograms. You know what? Uh, I, I I do think that's interesting, and I've often wondered if that's the direction that they'll go in. But since Kiss fucks everything up, I can't see that anything cool will happen. Yeah. This, this will all end badly. calling ticket shaft main menu if you are calling to tell us how much you like our website press one what? if you are calling because you had a great time at one of our events press two if you would like what? automated help typing in your credit card number press three if you would like to thank us by buying us donuts press four who calls for that if you are calling for any other reason Please stay on the line.
Someone will be with you eventually. <sighs> Have you tried using our website? Oh, Go to ticketshaft.com backslash Go help yourself. Yeah, I'm calling you because I've never heard of the internet. Jesus fucking Christ. I see you are still holding. I guess you aren't taking the hint. Nope. Press zero to speak with a representative. Main menu. are going to need to buy a ticket at some point. And the two biggest ticket uh, companies in this country, anyway, I'm not sure if it's worldwide, but Ticketmaster and Live Nation, they basically have a, a throttle hold on all the major artists. They recently made some news towards the end of uh, December that when they said tickets are for concerts are too cheap. <laughs> I, I did see that headline, but when I clicked on it, uh, for me to actually read the article, I had to pay three fees. <laughs> yeah. I had I had to uh, reset my password and then uh, get a, a verification text. Um, right. But yeah, the, basically the nuts and bolts is because of the secondary market. Uh, you know, with 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 scalping being legalized and and places like StubHub and Ticket King basically scooping up you know uh, tickets and then reselling them at a higher inflated rates and bands like Metallica basically working with them to help get another round of cuts from all these ticket sales. Ticketmaster and Live Nation feels like they're just getting pinched, man. It's like, hey, if people are willing to pay this money and and, and all this extra stuff, th- th- technically we should be charging more for these because otherwise the secondary market wouldn't be as thriving as it is. There's some validity to what they're saying, but uh, fuck them. And are people the pro- really? I mean, we will. I think eventually by the end of this, we'll, we'll kind of broken down. I don't think people are really buying those tickets as much as they're being said. I think it's kind of a loss. I don't know if loss leader is the right term, but, you know, if, if one person buys a ticket at $300 over the, the list price, there's probably a handful of people that are getting it close to cost, and they're still making a $300 profit. I mean, I'm this is just the whole evil empire here. I'm pretty much speechless. I mean, there, there's a couple things. First off, they are saying – that they could command more, but really what's happening is, is these huge agencies are buying up all these tickets through agreements and things like that, and they mm-hmm. know they have back-end back end deals where if they don't sell X amount of them, and these things have been reported, then they can give them back to them at no 
at no fee. So that statement is bullshit to begin with. Yeah, for the average idiot, um, I might even call him idiot for the 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 whole fake uh, reality that's that's been that's been made. This facade. Uh, about the the demand of the ticket industry, that could be you know they could say, hey, this ticket's going for two hundred on StubHub and we sold it for a hundred, so of course people are willing to pay two hundred. But what they're not talking about is all these things where they yeah. you know like the whole quote sellouts for the the Motley Tour or whatever, where it looks like that, where they do have back end deals where they can give them back, and once they've they've hammered Johnny for two hundred a ticket. And they're left holding the bag on a few of them. They, because of their relationship, they can give them back without taking a complete bath on the deal. So you know that's a bullshit statement to begin with, right? Very much so. I mean, these these headlines and the way they're they're shared everywhere. This is really almost just a marketing campaign more than it is news. What they're trying to do is is get it in people's heads that tickets are fucking expensive. And you're okay with it. It's like when you see these these tel- these cell phone plan commercials where a dad's kid is running around the yard and life is now suddenly easy because he can get uh, four phones for $150 a month. Sure. Wow. That is such a good deal. Hotels. How about those hotel commercials? It's like, yeah, I, I got this five-star hotel for $98 a night. Now we're conditioned to think hotels are well over a hundred dollars. I remember about twenty years ago. I read it. We we were printing something, and it talked about the average cost of a wedding being fifteen thousand dollars. I have never been to a wedding that cost fifteen thousand dollars. I actually went down the rabbit hole and looked up and found this. Found out where they came up with this number because you factor in the airfare, the limo, the the Dracula character that married me. My entire wedding, the whole week, the the hotel, everything was just about a thousand bucks. I flew to Vegas, as you know, and and not only that, but how many people are getting married in Vegas every day for twenty dollars? There's just tons of ways to 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 skirt this. Getting married at at your local Justice of the Peace, and again, the people that I've the weddings I've gone to have typically taken place in a church that probably asked for a few hundred bucks, and the food they served was a slab of ham shoved between two pieces of bread. You know, I mean, this wasn't like a, a you know, it was another maybe two or three hundred dollars to cater to the thing. They have some uncle that took pictures of the whole thing i'm not saying everybody does this but there are a lot of people who do that and i so i looked it up sure enough the 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 number came from uh people who hired wedding planners spend an average of fifteen thousand dollars i'm like and yet i I have literally had debates with people no you don't understand how much it costs to get a photographer to get a caterer it's like you don't fucking understand i'm not saying you can't spend well over $15,000, I'm saying no way that's the average. And I was right. And this kind of feels like that. They're just trying to beat it into people's head like, yeah, you know, if you want to go sit in a really shitty seat in a fucking back of a hockey arena to watch Nickelback, eh, it's going to cost you a bunch of toonies and loonies. <laughs> oh, good Lord. I'm just completely confused because I was told the uh, the uh, the average cost of a wedding was 30 
dinner. Ah. <laughs> Ian, welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's an honor. It's an, oh, honor. Yeah. it's an honor. It same to you, man. Back at you. I, uh, you, you know that uh, I have a lot of respect for you and Ralph and you, what you, your show. But uh, you and I have kind of struck up a friendship uh, through kind of rock and pod, uh, oh, and yeah, it's sir. something I hold near and dear to my heart. Uh, yeah, uh, that's the best way. That's the best way to get to know somebody is get good and drunk with them. Yeah, that's, exactly. how, that's how you become buddies. And Find out that. how fucked up you can get and still hang. Right? Oh yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm Irish. I have an amazing tolerance. Yeah, and Catholic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. By, by birth, not by choice. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was I wasn't sure exactly where I was going to steer the conversations today because we'll go wherever we want to. But there's definitely one thing I had to start off the evening with. I tried to squeeze it in when I joined your program a while back when we talked about the Aerosmith record rocks. But I have to ask you straight up. Flat out, just you and me. Okay. Can you show me on the doll where Sammy Hager touched you? Oh, he never touched me, and that and that's the problem. stuff to an extent but it's also in support of beautiful things that okay. needs to get that needs i'm not ready to give up on that it's too good of a it's record, great record and, man yeah and plus we're launching the new live band and everything and um you know there's a lot of other let, stuff hey, going let, down let now let me uh, just push pause just for a second because i only have one last question related to the earlier stuff and then i'm it's all the, the stuff you're doing now um right. you sort of touched on it does it sound like under the perfect circumstances you would actually be opening to rejoining enough enough yes or no i have reached out for the sake of the fans for the sake of the fun of doing a handful of shows or a string of shows a few here okay a few in the a few in the uk maybe japan or something like that that was uh that was just you know what fell on deaf ears no i'm not into that or this and that and uh you know, it all falls along the lines of the personal agenda. I just just saw something, and um, I do believe you have something to do with that uh, sleaze rack or something like that. Oh, sure. And they and they just posted something that was a, a quote saying that uh, there was an offer for a big to, uh, tour of getting the original act together with Monaco and stuff like that. And that a couple of those members discussed that before even even bring it to my knowledge, stating. Nah, it's not worth another two weeks of dealing with Donnie V's fucking bullshit and this name. Well, first of all, here's what's wrong with that theory. Those two guys, Vic and Chip, those guys, the number one thing is 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 the spotlight and money. I mean, so <laughs> that's what's a shoot a hole in that right there. That just had nothing to do with with dealing with my personal bullshit, which I'm 
been done, you know, with a lot of that. And yeah. and yeah, I'm hard to work with when you're shady. I'm hard to work with when you, it's not true and it's not, a, you know, hasn't, doesn't have to do with what it's about. Yes. Then I'm hard to work with. And I've been in that situation for years and years and years and years that, that there was a lot of things that went, that the, that are presented uh, that aren't necessarily for the reasons that, that people would think they're presented is more for uh, to be a partner, a team player, uh, you know, something like that. And then to, you know, to say all those things and um, say something like that, which is total lie, you know, cause I'd be the first one. Somebody would, would reach out and say, Hey, listen, we got a opportunity to go make big money and be big for two weeks or something like that. There's no way nobody's going to pass on that. You know what I mean? And, um, and it's still, I mean, to this day, there's bands that can't work with each other, guys that can't work with each other. Well, you have a separate hotel hotel room. You just <laughs> ride, ride in a different van. I'll see you on stage, you yeah, know, or no shit, shit like that. You know, we're not, it's not about writing new stuff. It's about a nostalgia trip, but yeah, I reached out to do that. And, and still to this day, if we get a lot of these things remedied and rectified, um, you know, I want to, I want to love my big brother, quote unquote, big brother. I want to love that guy. He's uh, you know, he's done a lot for me in my career, like okay. and mostly in the beginning, you know, he had a lot to do with the formation of transformation of, of just little, you know, white trashy turd that, that went, that went fast track to the to center stage with something big. And, uh, and he, you know, he had a lot to do with getting me there to that point, you know, that's, and then things started to, uh, unravel and things started to, you know, like, you know, once I got there, I was like, now I want to evolve. Now I want to take it to the next level. You know, I like, like with the next record strength, you know, and things like that and keep going and keep going and keep going and, um, evolve and, uh, yeah, evolve. And, and, you know, this as an artist, I'm the artist, you know, it's an artist uh, has a different outlook on things than someone who's not necessarily the artist. And, and, uh, you know, that I don't believe that musically or, or artistically that he's really evolved since then. I don't think that he's, uh, really, you know what I mean? And, um, his bass playing, if you're not showing, if you're not focusing and, 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 uh, presenting your strengths, just so to speak, you sure. know, things that you're really strong, your best, then I think you're showing your weaknesses. You know what I mean? And like, I actually you know, do know I, what you mean, especially in, 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 in the, the reference you're saying. Yeah. So you get that. And, um, so yeah, I mean, you get some of these things rectified and some of this stuff where, where I don't feel like, you know, I can get some of these dicks out of my ass. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> you know, when they say bag of dicks, I got like a case of dicks in my ass. You know yeah, what I mean? So, it's like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely, it's, it's for the fans. Okay. You know, there's no, there's no reason to, for enough enough to get back together to start making records or anything like that. You know, like the, the original, uh, situation, you know, I would help to keep some integrity going and stuff like yeah. that, but to actually work in that, environment or that that particular situation again that's it's ridiculous for me because i don't need to i've never needed to and uh you know i mean i own the machine that makes them i yeah. own the play-doh pumper you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> i just put new play-doh in it and pump them out so yeah i can move forward artistically in this snap there's a few things i cannot move forward without and that this if i could if they didn't stress me out of uh to the point of where 
I can't fucking sleep at night some nights thinking, yeah. what the fuck? You know, I get something in the, you know, just something, somebody sends me something or I see something or I'm just thinking, and then one day it's like, what the fuck, man? You know, it's like, so in that respect, you can't move on, I w- but I am moving on. I'm all this time that I'm blasting this stuff out. I'm still that's, you know, I'm multitasking. I got, I will. Those are just cigarette breaks. You know what I mean? I'm sure. busy at the fuck. I'm at the helm. I'm fucking doing still, you know, just constantly recording and, and writing new stuff, which is my favorite thing to do. And um, so it's not like I'm not moving forward. I'm going to, you know what I mean? And uh, if something looks negative or this, ne- well, that's because it's negative. everything kind of going towards streaming with with everything with music we we talked to a lot of artists obviously on this but you're the first comic i've had a chance to kind of does that really is that a is that a good thing for comedy as far as records and that kind of thing does it benefit you maybe more than music or is it like kind of weird or no it's just to do it it's just the way it is i mean i, I don't have nobody has a choice you know you know musicians or comics you know Anything you put out now, it's you know eighty percent of the of the sales is or people are buying you know yeah. air, basically. So I, I can't be against that. I, I do my albums with rock packaging. You know, this is my fourth one. They're all, you know, the packaging is all based on bands that I love. And so for people who who are like you and I who like that, and that's you know. It adds a little extra humor to it, and obviously some nostalgia. That's great, but you don't have to. You don't have to know that this. You know, this is a Saxon album, or a parody of a Saxon album to enjoy the material. Right. I always prefer the um, the physical stuff. And to be a hundred percent honest, I'm I'm paying for all the vinyl to be made because. I don't care if I sell one of them. I just want my album out on vinyl. So if I have a whole box of vinyl sitting <laughs> in my house and I don't sell any of it, that's fine. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm, I'm down for one. I'll, I'll make sure I uh, I'll, I'll pick one up. But uh, uh, are are you a vinyl collector? Yeah, I, I haven't bought a CD in ten years. Just only vinyl, which is I don't have a lot of uh, addictions, Baco. So. I spent a lot of money on vinyl. I, you know, that's uh, that's not a bad 
vice to have. So No, it'll probably um, actually be worth more down the line as opposed to most addictions. Well, and it's crazy too, man, because I do it for the love of it. I'm trying to, you know, you try to find original pressings, and oh, I got a, I found a German pressing of ACDC Power Age, and you know, I got a Spanish version of a Spanish pressing of Rainbow, Straight Between the Eyes, and I love all that that aspect of collecting. But you know, I also log all my albums into an app called Discogs, and that sort of gives you an idea. I was just going to ask you that. Awesome. Oh, dude, and it's amazing. Like I'm like. Wow, I have that, you know, like I have a, you know, a giant pile of money in my house, like that I that I don't didn't realize, you know, how much some of this stuff is worth. So, um, yeah, that's uh, you know, at some point, I'm, I don't have any kids, and I never will, so I got nobody to hand this off to. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know where it's going, but um, I literally uh, told my wife last night. Uh, all you need is my Discogs login information when I die, and then you'll know how much <laughs> money you can get for the, which of my records are worth anything. You know what I mean? You don't have to like just right. sell them for bulk for fifty dollars or something. You can get you know actual value. But uh... yeah, my will is on Discogs dot com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, I have a I have a, a, a Kiss collection in storage tubs, and then my vinyl. There you go. Well, what else would a woman want? Exactly. I mean, uh, well, <laughs> apparently me. Uh, she married me, but uh, we'll see how long that holds hey. up. Uh, all right. Well, hey, Don, you've, you've been more than gracious with your time at this point. Um, the, the record uh, Denim and uh, Laughter is out and available everywhere right now, coming out on vinyl soon. I encourage all our listeners to pick up a copy of that vinyl so Don doesn't get stuck with, a, I don't know, a few hundred thousand or whatever these things in, in his uh, basement. But uh, um, anything else we need to pitch here besides the fact that uh, I broke the story you're coming to Rockin' Pod? Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's it, man. And uh, the honesty that I've been doing press for three weeks, this is the funnest interview I did, man. So thanks a lot for, you know, I've been on the phone a lot in the last three weeks. You made this a lot of fun, man. I appreciate it. Well, I can't tell you how much that means to me, but uh, I really hope we catch up with you in Nashville. I think you sound like a guy uh, that it'd be fun to share a drink with. So uh, We shall have a coronavirus curing beer together. All right. Uh, all the best, Don. You have a good night. You as well. house and you know they invite us over at first it was supposed to be just dinner because we were uh uh i knew that i had the podcast and it was going to start promptly at 8 p.m my time 
Mm. And and I and and going out to dinner, I knew that we would have I would have a clean break. But then it shifted to we we're going to take out. We're going over to our house. So now there's like more of an open obligation at to your stay house longer. or somebody else. No, no, at their at their house. Okay, but that that kind of opens up where you have to you know dinner is usually wherever you go out is like an hour hour and a half. Boom, you're out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, a little more tight. You to- where you go to somebody's house, things kind of can drag out a little more. The the timeline's a lot looser. That's right. So I had to throw in the fact that I must leave here at 7.30 because I have to do a podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the point of me telling you that is there's it, – it, it, first off, the guy I have known – he went to the Bad Religion concert with me last, last year. We've hung out. He, he knows I have the podcast. His wife is not so uh, aware of it. But I wasn't aware of the, the fact that his wife had no idea what a podcast actually was still. Oh, boy. And it still shows what, what a huge what, – uh, what, I guess what, how – it's still a growing medium, but people don't mm-hmm. understand it. So I just want to give you two two tidbits that I think you'd find amusing. Is first off, she said, "Well, you know, you don't have to go. Can you just do the podcast from here?" <laughs> and and I said, I, I, and I I just joked. I said, "I am a professional. <laughs> I, go, I go. I have acoustic paneling. I have a mic. I have everything like that." She goes, "What?" Because so you're. He goes, "You have like a, a music podcast, right?" I go. Hey, I go, yeah. She's like, well, can we call in? I go, you can not, call in. Not a bad question. Let's be honest. I know. I know. I go, I go, can you call in? I go, yes, you can call me, but I will not be answering the phone. <laughs> and, I go, and she goes, well, how's it work? I go, well, you have to record it. Then you have to upload it. It goes, I go, really? You, so you never, there's no podcast you listen to? Because it's becoming more commonplace. And that was not to be music. It can be anything. And she's like, no. Um, and she goes, oh, so it's a music podcast. She goes, so what are you talking about tonight? And I just made some bullshittery about what well, we're talking about, current events and things like that. Where, where I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> let me lay out the subject matter we're talking about. <laughs> That's why I'm leaving you because I have to go talk about. Uh, well, this exchange is coming up. I can tell you that, lady. <laughs> 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 that's right. You just were added to the show for content, so that's that's how prepared we are. But um, but yeah, so there's that people still don't completely understand what podcasts are. They think it's a live thing. They think you can apparently do it in the bedroom. And she's saying like, can you just do it real quick? I'm like, what do you mean real quick? I'm supposed to go in there and bust out a a show in 20 minutes? Do you think I'm do- it anyway? So it's still. Do you run into that at all? If you talk about that. You know, I don't bring up the podcast a whole lot. In well, I'm not, I didn't have to bring it up. I had to bring it up because I had to have my reason. For yeah, leaving. okay, fair enough. Maybe that's why uh, you, I didn't. But yeah, there's. I, I've had conversations where people were like wanted to know a little bit about the show. But uh, I, I've been surprisingly blessed that for the most part, when someone finds out, like, oh, you have a podcast? When did you start that? It's like uh, five years ago. <laughs> it's just like. I work with you every day, and you've never mentioned this. I'm like, well, you know, you're really not the target audience, boss. But the point is, is she's like, she's like, what's the main thing? And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm heading back right now because I have to go yell about the album Def Leppard and Twenty Lies <laughs> <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, oh, even 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 describing that to another human, I felt so ridiculous. I like, I just gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, it uh 
I dance around it a lot more than than you than you do. I think uh, when it comes up, but uh, really okay. There's so many people that like uh, that I do know socially that know about the podcast that have no fucking clue what I do. They've never listened. They never will. You know, they're just in a in a different uh, environment when it comes to that stuff. But we have interviews of people. Interviews with who? Oh, you know, Donny V from Enough's Enough. <laughs> Uh, Don Jameson of that metal show. What? You know, it's a whole genre of, of, of uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's like speaking a foreign language. It really to is. most human beings. Well, yes? Don, Don, did you like in the Don Jameson interview when, where he, he almost made the, the same comparison about being on the Monsters of Rock cruise that, like, uh, we did a, a few episodes back about being on the Kiss cruise. Like, you know, I think it's like, ah, I feel like fucking Brad Pitt. And then. I think he said he was uh, 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 Tatum. Yeah, that's what he said. I'm fucking Tatum O'Neill or, or T- Channing Tatum. Uh, he's like, and I get off the thing. I can't get extra breadsticks at Olive Garden, but <laughs> I know that's right. You have, there's just this one little world where everybody understands what we're talking about, and outside of that, you're crazy. <laughs> so anyway, welcome to the crazy people. or 15 years old, uh, I was in Arizona, and these karaoke booths, I don't know if you remember those, this is before they were really popular, but you could pick a song, go into the booth, and then you know they'd have like an instrumental track, and you could play along, you could sing along with it, and then you get a professionally recorded, you know, uh, re- recording of yourself, you know, studio quality. I- I think I remember seeing this at places at amusement parks, like, yeah, uh, yeah. like King's Island too, you go in there, and it was, uh, they're called karaoke booths. Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, I, I, they might have been a brand name or something like that. I don't recall specifically, but uh, the, the selection was fairly limited because uh, while I didn't hate Striper, they definitely weren't my go-to artist. But the one song I was able to find was "Soldiers Under Command," and so I, I asked if I, if I if I had it, would people be interested? And of course, there's a bunch of like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah you got to fucking play that or whatever. So if it's all right with you, I'll play. Just I don't know. We'll, we'll play up. I don't think you need to hear suffer through the whole thing, but uh, I'll get you through at least a chorus uh, of uh, Baco. This was one of the, the other reason I said I had to leave early from the party was to, <laughs> to, because we were discussing you doing karaoke to Soldiers Under Command. Yeah, there is an unearthed recording of Baco singing Soldiers Under Command at the age of fourteen. 
I'm sorry, we have to go. It's live. <laughs> I've never heard this before. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, please. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, let me just drop it in here, and uh, then I'll get your. <laughs> so yeah, this is. Uh, I, I'm, I'm. I think I'm pretty sure I'm 14 years old. Looking at the date here. Yeah, it's the summer of '85. So well, so I'll, I'll play a little bit, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll just play it live right now, so you can hear some of it, and then uh, uh, at some maybe right after that, I'll just throw in a, a maybe a minute of it, a little cleaner audio, so the listener can truly enjoy the was clearly a natural talent uh sure go ahead kind of like christina aguilera i would think so here this was just to set the scene a little bit again this was at a mall you said yeah i was in a mall in scottsdale or uh yeah i was i think it was phoenix proper it was called uh god it wasn't the big one i don't remember which mall it was but but uh, but but again i'm saying like did you go in there just by yourself one day with a wad of of uh, cash or no, mommy had to pay for buddies? this for me. Yeah, no, I was like, Mom, yeah, I really but, want to do this. But what but I'm saying was, any of your buddies watching you do this? Oh, no, I, I was in Arizona, I had no friends there. I, I went out there for the summer to hang out with my mom. Okay, uh, and when my parents okay. got divorced, this was like, uh, this is the way my mom appeased me, uh, for having okay. to spend this is, fucking... this, is, this is you isolated in another state with with uh, 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 Striper as your is your. Is your guiding light. Yeah. <laughs> While listening to this and after, it's important to remember, my mom said I did very good. Okay, let's go. This is just going to show you the, the how much you can trust my mom's judgment. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yes. Turn it up, man. I'm trying to. I heard it better earlier. <laughs> Come on! Come on! Oh, I like that. Fucking <laughs> yeah. going for it, man. We are soldiers under God's command. <laughs> 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 I would not let you in this army. You have flat feet. And the good book, it says we'll win. You're like a young Michael Sweet. Yeah. Killing it. Okay, I've had enough. Yeah. You know, you remind me of a young Blaze Bailey, actually. <laughs> oh, zing. Yeah, look out, Michael. I'm coming for you. Oh, my God. I mean, by the way, I, 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 res- I, I, I respect uh, your mom more and more just for the fact that she is she's a great liar. Yeah. I just think she has horrible taste. <laughs> oh, my God. Shit. All right. Uh. All right, all right, all right, all right. 
music icon, philanthropist, reality TV star, and RV fanatic <laughs> Brent Michaels is building a new custom coach tour bus as he heads out in this year's hottest stadium tour. Ugh. Sold out, by the way. And is making a beautiful custom 2014 Integra Aspire available at a realistic price. Now, first off, at this point, I have read one oh, wait, sentence. So in- I didn't read the story. This is not his actual RV that he's unloading. He's This is like a, a Brett Michaels model of, I don't know, Winnebago or something like that. Oh no, no! This, this is this is this. Listen, I'll, I'll continue. Okay. The R the RV has logged some eleven thousand okay. one hundred and sixty five miles. Very precise touring across the U.S. and Canada. That's, that's, a per- the that's not tours. a lot of miles if you're a touring musician. I'm sorry. The guys in <laughs> Wilson listen. had six hundred k on their van. Listen, this, and then it goes into. Uh, I'll I'll list the features, but at this point, I've only read a sentence and a half. Of this article, and I realized, when the fuck did Blabbermouth become Craigslist for, for, <laughs> for rock stars? I didn't know that you could actually go find used vehicles on Blabbermouth, but yet here it is, and Brett Michaels is the person that's selling it. Blabbermouth that's- is now uh, discogs for rock stars selling their shit, or. <laughs> I guess so. It goes into all these things, but but again, it, it one of the, it touts the fact that this is. The, the van that Brett used with both Poison and his solo band. Don't miss a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to own not only a great coach at a great price, but a piece of rock and roll memorabilia unlike any other. Brett Michaels, star of the hit show Rock My RV, is true RV people and has always loved his RV way of life. From childhood aspirations to living the dream, Brett Michaels has always been one rock star who truly knows how to roll. Now you can too. In one of Brett's luxury diesel motorhomes, now available to purchase at the number one volume selling dealership in the world, Motorhome Specialist. This 2013 Berkshire Bunkhouse RV is incredibly well-appointed, has very few miles, and comes with a five-year, 50,000-mile extended service policy. The lucky new owners will also receive two tickets to a Brett Michaels concert of their choice, as well as two backstage passes to meet Brett himself. And if that's not enough cool stuff, how about a personally autographed Brett Michaels guitar? And if you take the RV to the concert, Brett will also sign the RV itself so all your friends will know you not only rock, you roll in Brett's RV. So you will want to have this. This is a selling point. What do you think is left behind inside that RV? (laughs) Oh, man, you're going to find at least a handful of bandanas, maybe kind of soaked up with some kind of fluids. Maybe an unused Groupon for vaginal rejuvenation. For who? Uh, if, yes. All, all this, yes. All, all his guests, his guests he just offers them. <laughs> he, just, he just offers vaginal rejuvenation upon knocking on his door. Here you go, Bobby Doll. It's like, <laughs> oh, this, you know, this was thoughtful. Wait a second. You got this on Groupon? That's like a going away uh, gift for all the losers on uh, Rock of Love. Oh, Vaginal rejuvenation uh, therapy. I'm going to tell you, that right now has to be an album title at some point. Well, I got a solo career I'm about to embark on. So Okay, that's the next band name. I'll add it to the list. Vaginal rejuvenation therapy. <laughs> VRT, baby. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's I really have nothing else about that article. Just the fact that that description of Brett Michaels, I think, is great. Philanthropist, music icon, reality TV star, and RV fanatic. 
Well, I remember when he did that, he had that RV show, Rock, because he, he's such a Gene Simmons, the level of uh, being able to name things. Sure. You know, uh, Rock of Love, of course, was just a ripoff of Flavor of Love. Flavor of Love was a pun. Rock of Love was just a dumbass trying to do the same thing. And then he did Rock My R- Rock Your RV, I think the show was called. And because, you know, and then he, he didn't he do dog uh, sweaters and they were called uh, Rock Your Dog. But yeah, he on that he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge RV enthusiast from years of touring as a member of Poison. It's just like, you know, Jesus Christ. And then, and then it's just, of course, it's, it goes back to being a reality TV show where, for some reason, demolition means, like, you you have to just violently remove everything. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember that was one of the first things we talked about. Oh, that's right. Ago. We've covered it on the show. Yeah, like, yeah we we, we got to remove this seat. Let me just whip it through the wall. Can, can I just give the summary of what this uh, uh, RV has in it? That might might entice you more to contact him. By the way, if you want to buy this, you have to go to brettmichaels.com directly to email him <laughs> to buy it. Okay? Uh, is there a link at genesimmonsvault.com directly to the <laughs> Brett Michaels website to buy this? Uh... You ready? <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, just so you know, this RV features a king-size sleep number bed, sectional sofa. <laughs> you, you know you want a sleep number bed that Brett Michaels has been in. Uh, uh, what, what, he, section... what, what's his sleep number? Like a, a, a seven? <laughs> why, why would he be a seven? I don't know. Oh, he'd need to be ten, right? I'm not sure. Um, a sectional sofa made by Flex Steel, dual bathrooms, front and rear with shower, walk-up closet, new carpet, full kitchen with pull-out cooking counter. Now, is there new St- carpet because the old carpet was... Had had some like DNA that he needed to make sure wasn't available to the buyer. Possibly, you're yes. not making some weird fucking Brett Michaels uh, stripper clones <laughs> out of carpet RV carpet DNA. <laughs> it's, it's just thing comes out. Yeah, that should be a short. It's like a lump of carpet with a bandana. <laughs> yeah, the carpet used to look like the cover In a of a bikini. Load. It's like a, said? it's a ball of carpet wearing a thong and a bandana. <laughs> <laughs> the old carpet looked like the cover of Metallica Load. Oh dear God! Oh, anyway, carry on. Yeah, how, how, yeah. How, how did you clone this? I cloned this from <laughs> RV. Uh, <laughs> I bought Brett Michael's RV. <laughs> well, congratulations with with this sperm. You'll be able to have a moderately successful and talented child. <laughs> Uh, the, Moder- the, the, there's no way the Brett Michaels DNA strikes gold twice. This, this, we're not talking about John Lennon here. Ball. Everybody's talking, no one says a word. Everybody's making love, no one really cares. There's Nazis in the bathroom, just below the stairs.
know, uh, before we get into all the 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 coronavirus, COVID nineteen kind of nonsense that uh, is going to kind of weigh heavy on this, I have a real quick question for you. I found sure. something out today that I don't know. I never thought it was true, but did but it turns out it is. Did okay. you know that Shlomo is an actual name people give kids? <laughs> uh, I do now. Yeah. I mean, I've heard I've heard Shlomo. I've never met a Shlomo. <laughs> Have you? On Good Morning America today, uh, they did the segment of like how like uh, they've loosened the the. They've laxed, They've loosened up the rules on how veterinarians can prescribe, uh, like prescription drugs for your pets, okay. uh, over video conferencing. And the doctor they uh, used in the example was Doctor Shlomo something whatever. <laughs> but but I literally like I saw it. I rewound it. I paused it. I made my wife watch it, and I'm like, I I was just it was like like to me that word was like Joe Schmo Shlomo. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, well, fucking apparently, people are naming their kid. Well, I mean, I would at some point they did. It was a long time ago. Well, and well this guy was looked at maybe in his late thirties, early forties. Right. Okay, I, 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 do have a, <laughs> I, I do have a related story about a doctor, though, real quick. Yeah, go for it. That, all right. So the, the true story is there is a doctor. Oh, now uh, once you say true story, we all know it's going to be full of shit. <laughs> Because it sounds fake. And that is, you says sound fake. Just carry on. Uh, you know, people should never start conversations with this saying true story. That or you know, I know this sounds crazy, but because you, when that person says that, you know that it's 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 not going to be something you want to hear. You know what I mean? So I apologize. I'm taking both those things out, and I'm just going to start over again. And that is this. <laughs> hey, I'm giving you a hard that, time. I actually think it's a good way to accentuate the, the importance. Anyway, all right. Well, anyway, so this doctor uh, was. Uh, there was a doctor whose his last name is K W A K. Quack. And yes, Doctor Quack. Which the, you don't talk about if you're going to change your name. If your if your last name is Quack and you're a doctor, change your profession or change your name. It's like that Seinfeld make- episode where uh, the proctologist had a, a set of a, a vanity plates called Ass Man. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's how you found out who it was. So. Uh. Yeah, but um, yeah, they're loosened up all those things. You, there's all this stuff now called tele. You can go to the doctor by telephone or yeah, by video we, now. Yeah, I know what you're talking then, about. It. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm like, what is that name? Like teleconference? No, it's not teleconference. It's like teledoctor or whatever. They have some fancy phrase for it right now. Right, but but they they have something. Uh, I'm just going to one other thing is that I've, I I had before all this COVID shit. I had an ear infection that was like get, making my my uh, uh my my right ear hurt a lot, and I just had one of these. I'm like, you want me to go do a doctor's appointment where I have an ear infection? Do you have a microscopic video cam that's going to go into my <laughs> ear and look at it, or are you just going to say, hey? Here's a bunch of drugs and go to and 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 call me in ten days. And that's exactly what they do. Like, the <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, you're a quack. <laughs> that's right, exactly. But a uh, whole new world, man. Yeah. So how are things? I mean, uh, you, you, you're spending a whole lot of time at home now with the uh, as the, with the skin dogs. Ooh, who's the skin dogs? Your kids, man. Skin dogs? Yeah, you know, they, you know like people call their pets fur babies. I heard someone oh. talk about like we can call your kids skin dogs. Now you're at home with the you're at home with the skin dogs. I guess. I mean, this work for home thing is is fantasy for people that don't have children. If they have children, it's a 
it's basically the weekends plus your boss calling you for eight hours <laughs> during the day. And that's not a great, great situation, I got to tell you. But I'm glad that, that I can actually work from home, I guess. And, and so if Joey Haney believed in God, uh, uh, oh. hell would be living, uh, working at home with your kids, with your skin, well, sure. with your skin dogs. You hate skin dogs. Someone who uh, you know spent a good chunk of the '90s uh, shuffling through pawn shop CD collections and used record stores. I think I've seen about three and a half million of these uh, back in <laughs> in uh, for resale. But I think it was it was it was like this in that uh, Arrested Development record that everybody got arrested uh, uh, all fired up about in the early '90s. And extreme three sides to every story. So one of the reasons I was looking forward to this album was a review in Rolling Stone. If I if I may quote from it, please. All right. Generally speaking, it's time to worry when the term long-awaited gets appended to an album. Long-awaited doesn't just mean the band in question took its sweet time delivering the disc. Usually it's industry code for bloated and overblown. Except, that is, (laughs) when the long-awaited release in question is the work of Def Leppard. Yet, regardless of the time spent in the studio, Def Leppard's albums never seem especially labored or overwrought. (laughs) If, If anything, the opposite is true. The band's music seems so effortlessly accessible that most listeners probably don't even notice the incredible amount of craft that goes into each release. When I was, um, I don't know, in my teen years, a buddy of mine were at one of the malls shopping for music, and and he bought uh, the first Kiss album on cassette, and when he opened it, it had Dress to Kill on cassette on the inside. Uh, so these packaging errors happened. Maybe the copy they got had, like, a... Uh, um, pyromania in it. <laughs> and, I'd uh, explain it, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, this sounds very overwrought and very, like, meticulous. And I wouldn't say it's bloated, but uh, it seems like almost everything else they say this record isn't, it is. Yeah, well, we're going to keep going here because I think you're going to yeah, be okay. more amused. Um, and thank you, Rolling Stone, for this content. Uh, there is no overriding concept to the album, no sense of the groups confronting its demons or wrestling with the problems of the world. Instead, what we get is a seemingly unending string of energetic, hook-heavy, gosh-we-love-em songs about girls. A perfect Def Leppard album, in other words. And that's not meant sarcastically, because truth be told, it's far easier to prop up several couplets of self-revelation with a few heavy metal riffs than it is to turn an idea as commonplace as romantic desire into a song as memorable and classic as Have You Ever Needed Someone So Bad? (laughs) It's memorable. 
<laughs> yeah, remember what I say, folks. Catchy doesn't mean good. It just means catchy. But that's what Def Leppard does best, and Adrenalize is easily the band's most consistent effort to date. Just listen to all the sonic detail crammed into the album opening. Let's get rocked. <laughs> I'll agree with the consistent. This thing does not let you down from the first note to the ending. It's like listening to several really bad songs written for one record. It's very consistent. <laughs> it is. Um, although rhythmically, the song is an obvious descendant of Pour Some Sugar On Me, playing off a throbbing Rick Savage bass line. <laughs> stylistically. Uh, the Sav. Listen, stylistically, it's miles beyond the last album, full of clever puns like Ugh. let's get the rock out of here. <laughs> Special effects, for example, when Elliot complains about his girlfriend's fondness for classical music, the band mockingly answers with a snippet of Beethoven, Beethoven's fifth. And all kind of stagey good humor. Yet the leps work these gimmicks in so gracefully they never interrupt the music's flow, acting not as an unnecessary contrivances, but simply as another level of hook. Can we just call the BS meter and that this is a fucking press release written by the actual uh, uh, label? Because that, That's my theory, yeah. I mean, because that stuff was a, uh, a lot less known about back then, you know. We were, uh, even though the grunge was heavily going, we were still a little less jaded when it came to our rock and roll publications. Yeah, I mean, this, 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 and by the way, they gave this uh, five stars is the max you can ever, an album can ever get in Rolling Stone. That's known as a classic. Four is excellent, three is good. This got four and a half stars. And at this point, this review and me purchasing this album made me cancel my Rolling Stone subscription. This combined with some, some, uh, the the whole thing where they didn't even mention Eric Carr's death and all this other kind of stuff. I was it kind of kind of just slowly showed what a what a sham that that magazine was. But this is exactly what you and I are sent all the time by email about a new album's release from from what from like a press release, right? How it's yeah, written. That definitely reads like a press release, not like an actual review. Yeah. So.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 